True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And thank you so much for joining us today. Renee, um, I'm excited that we're going to talk about a little bit different case. Our listeners probably know that we are amateur podcasters specializing in the Missy Beavers case. But um, tonight, uh, since there's been absolutely no movement in the Missy Beavers case, we thought we would introduce another case that's um, that lots of people are very familiar with and sort of, you know, compare and contrast it to the Missy Beavers case as we go. Yes, I know. It's it's um, it's. It's a very complicated case <laughs> to it say this, but I am glad to be doing something, you know, to be able to um, talk about this case because it is, it's so tragic and, you know, just like with Missy Beaver's case, it just, it's complicated and it's sad and it's, you know, we just want to bring justice to these cases. So they don't yes. discuss it, it really helps. Right, right. And this case has a huge following, potentially more than Missy's, um, just judging from looking online and the news. Um, the media definitely has given the Delphi case a lot of attention. And the case we're going to go over tonight is the Delphi murders. Happened just a few months after Missy Beaver's murder, which was in April of 2016. This one was in February of 2017. It also remains unsolved. Two young girls. I think the, I think they were fourteen and thirteen. I should have got that. I did so no, much research. They were. They were okay. I did so yes. much research and I forgot to pinpoint the day, the, the ages. But just absolutely so. I mean, just so sad. I just, I can't even imagine. Just devastating and a lot like the Missy Beavers case. This just came out of nowhere and sh- and just rocked a small community, a small town that was considered extremely safe up until this point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I found interesting was they had a, um, a sketch artist come in and do a sketch of the, of the bridge guy. They refer to him online as the bridge guy. And then of course they'll say BG, but um, they did a sketch of him and because, you know, on the, for people who haven't, you know, um, aren't familiar with this case, the, the girls that were walking, um, Abby and Libby, were walking down the bridge, the monsoon bridge um, over Deer Creek. They were walking down the bridge, and I guess there was a man behind them. And that's the picture. You'll see a picture. We'll post a picture of, of him. But there's a picture of a man, and you can't really clearly see his face because he kind of has his head down. But he's walking along. And then there's, um, and then afterwards, they re- the police released um, a little bit of audio that one of the girls so intelligently recorded his voice saying, "Guys down the hill." And so, in all of this, they they had a sketch artist come in and do a sketch. And originally, they were looking for a 40 to 50 year old, and they had people on the internet going crazy, doing side by sides. And now, and I don't know at what point it changed, but now they're looking for someone 18 to 40 years, 18 to 40 years old. What do you think about that? I thought that was truly bizarre because I, I'm like you. I, when I saw that in the news a while back, I was just shocked because when I look at that little bit of video, 
that one of the girls got and bless her heart. Can we just talk about that for a minute? How amazing that was of her to realize that they were in danger and to have the presence of mind to video him secretly. I just thought that was amazing. It's, it's heartbreaking too, at the same time. Um, But when you look at the video that she made, he tends to sort of look and sound and move like an older person to me. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So when they came out with that new age range, I was really taken aback by that. I think a lot of people probably were. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I don't, it doesn't look like somebody 18 to 40 to me. They look at least 40 and up. I even think possibly older than 50, but that's just my thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you on that. And, um, you know, and it, you know, just like almost every kid that age, um, Abby and Libby were into Snapchatting and they had been Snapchatting pictures and, um, and then they took, you know, of themselves on the bridge. And it's just really heartbreaking to know as, you know, they, what one of them took a picture of the bridge, just, you know, with nothing in the background, you know, you don't see any people or anything. And then a Snapchat of one of them standing and then um, there's the picture they found of this guy who is believed to be the perpetrator of this crime. Um, it's just really, really just strange. And just the fact that they were out in what was such a safe area doing what kids do. Kids like to go hiking and exploring. And they had finally talked um, Libby's older sister, Kelsey Graham, um, Kelsey, I almost said Kelsey Grammer, Kelsey German, into giving them a ride. And I think we talked about this on another podcast that Kelsey, the older sister had really been grappling with a lot of guilt because she was saying, you know, if I just would have said no, like I did before, because I think she had turned them down a couple of times and then Mm -hmm. she said, okay, okay. And then of course she felt all this guilt, but of course she shouldn't because that's what the girls wanted to do. She was being nice. So yeah, Yeah, it wasn't her fault. Absolutely. Um, And you know, another thing, that I find interesting is that um, people have talked about the fact that this person didn't seem to be um, well, I mean, they don't really know, but the fact that the girls were able to do that, the pictures um, that recording, and then they were able to, um, I guess, I guess she was able to, to take it, send it, however, however it works. I'm not big on Snapchat, but anyway, I know it's something that you do and just, just send it and it just, I guess, goes to everybody in your list. I don't know. But anyway, this person, if they were younger, they would probably be more, you know, tech savvy or whatever. And then they found the phone. You think they would have destroyed it. Not that it would have mattered because they probably, they could have still gotten it because people received those videos. Now, I don't know about the recording. I'm not sure about the recording, mm-hmm. but the video or the, or the picture that they took and did Snapchat, I know that that would, you know, like if I sent you something in messenger, you would still have it regardless of somebody destroyed my phone. But now I right. don't know about the recording and you would think if somebody, if it was a younger person, they would have, you know, destroyed the phone because they probably wouldn't have had that recording. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. And Snapchat you know, I don't use it and I don't think you do either. It's more of a younger person's thing. And Snapchat Mm -hmm. is very interesting because if you um, Snapchat someone, my kids have been Snapchatting for years and they've told me about it, even though I've never even set up an account for myself, but I hear them, I've heard them talk about it so much. It basically what it is, it's really weird. Like you'll Snapchat someone 
and you'll get a Snapchat streak with someone. Like when my daughter would go on a trip or something, she would have someone mm-hmm. do her Snapchat streak for her to keep them all going. It's hilarious. And she would do that for her friends. I mean, it's like real, it's important to younger kids. It's really funny, like young teenagers. And they were right in the right um, age range to be really into Snapchatting. And, yeah. um, but anyway, the Snapchat that you send someone only lasts for 24 hours. So the person who is the recipient of the picture of the Snapchat would have to screenshot it and s- to save it on their device. It, otherwise, it's gone in 24 hours. Wow. So was, yeah. So Snapchat's a little bit different than what we're used to with Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. And yeah. Instagram. That's kind of why I was thinking that the person was older, you know, just in my mind, not to, not to mention the actual picture that we see and then the voice, you know, that mm-hmm. doesn't sound like a younger person's voice, but you know, who mm-hmm. knows. Right. It's, it's just so weird about that sketch going from, and, and, and reading online, you see a bunch of information about people talking about, you know, how they went from this um, older person to this younger person and no idea why either. So Right. And they've actually, you know, something else that's really interesting about this case that's different from Missy's case is um, there was a search warrant served on someone that was um, a POI in this case. And I don't know if law enforcement alerted the media. Maybe some of our listeners will know. But whatever the case may be, the media was there and they were reporting on it. And Jean Casares, uh, I remember her back from old court TV days, but she was there uh, representing Headline News and she was reporting from the site of the search warrant. She's saying they're outside, they're doing a search warrant at this house and blah, 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 you know, just outside of this town or whatever it was. And they're reporting on it. And I was just thinking how different that is from the Missy Beavers case, because I mean, they served a full-blown search warrant on Bobby Wayne Henry, and there was absolutely no media coverage of that, not until he was interviewed quite a bit later. So it's just interesting to think that they were doing a search warrant and they had a media presence there. Kind of makes me think that law enforcement might have informed the media ahead of time, or maybe they just saw the police activity. I don't really know how that happened. Um, I couldn't find any source for that other than the media was literally there um reporting so i find that interesting one of the people that i think that you might be referring to and i'm glad you brought this up because i wanted to to touch on it for just a second was um the the man that owns the property where the girls were found um his name is ron logan and at the time he was 77 i believe now he's 80 um he they they did a search warrant on his home they talked to him um, they questioned him, and I believe he ended up, when they questioned him, and I'd have to go back and read exactly what it was, he admitted to doing something, and it wasn't like a huge deal, but it was, I don't even, I'll have to go back and read it. He admitted to doing something, not too terribly horrible, but they ended up arresting him, and he's supposed to be serving four years in prison for whatever this other thing is, mm-hmm. and I'll have to read and see what it is, but it's really kind, it's really kind of sad that um he ended up getting himself in trouble and he had nothing to do with the murders of these girls and they even admitted that but they everybody was kind of like well i don't understand why they you know put him through all this stuff but he was actually trying to help right Um, but he ended up getting arrested and now he's in prison for four years at the age of 80 so Mm -hmm. crazy yeah that is really crazy and you know we were you know you and i have talked in the past about this to the Missy Beavers case we have sort of the obvious things that are like the Missy Beavers case which is it being a small town that was completely shocked by this 
just seemingly random killing um, or maybe they weren't random. We don't know if either one of these were random or not. Um, and then also, um, you know, it being a small town, um, not necessarily having the, we seem to have FBI involvement in both of these cases. It seems like, um, in the Delphi case, they've got a little bit more help from the FBI than what we are aware of with the Missy Beavers case. Um, and then one thing, I'm glad you brought go that ahead. up, but I'll, I'll say it after you get done. Don't let me forget it's about the, the FBI. Go ahead. No, I, no, please say it now. That's great. Go ahead. Um, the, I wanted to not forget this because I found it interesting that I read somewhere that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation um, is wanting to help in this case. And I found that interesting. The Delphi case? Yeah. I found that interesting because, okay. um, I don't know, I guess I just didn't realize that other states and so forth would be like, hey, we want to help you solve this case. Usually you see a, a, a case where right. police will be like, hey, we need your help. And they'll go to other places and say, we want to help you. But Georgia Bureau of Investigation actually reached out to them and said, we want to help you with this case. I thought that was really awesome. That's, that is awesome. Well, and you bring up, uh, you bringing that up actually reminds me of another thing I was going to say that's actually not similar to the Missy Beavers case. And that is that, um, you know, Doug Carter, who is the Indiana State Police Superintendent, we've discussed this previously on a podcast. He has been very vocal and very much in the media. And he seems to actually be concerned wanting the media and wanting the public to know what's going on and to keep them as updated as he possibly can. He even made a remark one time that he almost feels like he's said too much in the media, but he's really wants to make sure that people understand what's going on with the case and that they're trying their best. And that's just really a stark contrast between what we're seeing with MPD who has not updated the public. And gosh, it's been years now. Um, it's definitely been over a year since we've heard even a peep out of them right. on the Missy Beavers case. So that's interesting. But then back to the similarities, we have um, the perpetrator caught on camera. Now in the Missy Beavers case, of course, our perpetrator is covered from head to toe. Some people are not even sure of the gender. But in the Delphi case, the person is clearly a male. And we just have a very brief amount a video because it was that little bit that um, one of the girls was able to get um, when they realized they were in trouble. So, um, you know, it's just interesting to have, you would think that anytime you have a perpetrator on camera um, that that should be pretty easy to solve. But in both of these cases, that's just proving not to be true at all. It's very interesting. It is. Um, Too bad. So, they got um, more pictures and got his face, you know, but I'm sure it was, probably them trying to do that being scared and everything and being young they probably were doing the best they could and and what they did was amazing in itself so uh, you know yeah and and it's just a miracle that he didn't see it and and you know and i'm sure they're thinking if we're if we get caught filming him he might kill us Hadn't, possibly they didn't even realize they were going to get killed yeah. and um yeah it's just really hard to even understand why this would happen and you know uh, it's interesting. What do you think? I mean, I know I have got my theory, but I'm going to ask you first. Why do you think, I mean, how do you think this occurred? Do you think that this guy was hanging around and happened upon them? Or what? how do you think that these girls connected with this guy at that time? I think it was, um, I think it was a crime of opportunity. I think that this person was there probably just, you know, hanging out, lurking around. I don't know. You know, I can't imagine 
being in that place from what I've seen. And of course, probably seeing it in person is a whole different ball game than seeing what we see. We just see the bridge and just trees everywhere. But I feel like it was a crime of opportunity. I feel like the person was there. They, you know, came and they, you know, this person was, um, you know, that a person that has done this type of thing before. And I think that they found, you know, the girls there and they decided to take that opportunity and, and do what they do. I don't think this was their first time doing it. I really don't. Yeah, I agree with you on that. You know, something I agree with everything you said, but you know what sort of crept into my mind later? Um, I haven't studied this case anywhere near like, of course, we've studied the Missy Beavers case, but I've looked at it here and there since it occurred and given it some thought. And one thing that really popped into my head was, you know, a chance encounter to be, it just keeps hitting me for this guy to be lurking around out in a remote area like that. I guess it's possible. Maybe he knows that children will sometimes pop up. And if your motive is to harm children, then you're in the right place. But I also got to thinking about how that age group, I know that when I was 13, 14, that was when I first started. I I was in a little bit more urban area than Delphi, Indiana. So instead of asking if I could be dropped off to go hiking, my kid, my friends and I at 13, 14 would constantly ask our parents to drop us off at the mall. And guess why we wanted to be dropped off at the mall? Because we were starting to notice boys. And most of the time that we asked to be dropped off at the mall, it was because we had prearranged with a boy our age yep. to connect with us at the mall. And I couldn't help but think, especially with these girls obviously really being into Snapchatting, I can't help but think that perhaps the Delphi murderer might have contacted them online somehow and posed as a boy their age and said, why don't you meet me down by the bridge? Um, That just sort of might explain how they connected um, at that time. Well, that's a very Um, good, um, that's a very good analogy. I mean, that's very uh, possible and that would make a lot of sense. I mean, I guess if they, of course, of course, I'm just guessing, though. I don't. Um, that's not based on yeah. anything other than just me guessing. Right, right. I mean, but they did get their phone, or one of them's one of their girls' phone. I can't remember if it was Abby or Libby, but uh, one of their phones was recovered um, somewhere far off from where their bodies were found. And um, I mean, you think they would have been able to go through that? But of course, they haven't shared any of that with anybody. So even if they, you know, found something, a fake account, and they were chatting with somebody, they're not going to say anything. So that's true, you know. I, you know, and and that's a, that's one reason why I think that my little theory might be off is because you would think that if the perpetrator knew that they connected with them on something like Snapchat or some other form of communication online, that they would have made darn sure they confiscated their phones before they left the scene. So, and, and and if, you know, and I understand that you were saying that phone was, was found a little bit away. You would think that this perpetrator would have submerged that phone in water, destroyed it, made sure it was never seen again, taken it with them. Um, That's just kind of strange to leave it there. If there is any evidence on that phone, which he obviously didn't know that she had, videoed him and taken his picture so that's it's just a huge it's another huge mystery much less the missy beavers case who would want to harm these little girls i mean obviously i guess someone with really bad intentions some kind of a pedophile 
I don't believe it's come out that it was any kind of revenge against either one of their families. I think it was just some sick person. Um, Isn't that kind of your impression? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I had also wondered if it was a person that was living, because, you know, sometimes people um, when they're um, either, you know, doing things, you know, drugs or whatever, or if they're maybe homeless, that they might be living out there in a tent somewhere or something. Uh, because I'd like to be off the radar. They don't like to be, you know, where obviously they can be seen easily. And I mean, I always I often wondered about something like that, if it might be somebody that just lived out there. But of course, after they murdered the girls, they would have had to picked up and moved somewhere else because obviously they would have been found, you know. It's pretty remarkable. And, and much like the Missy Beavers case, here we are years later and there's not, as far as the public can see, there's not really a good solid suspect, even though we've been hearing some mumblings lately about there's about to be an arrest and they've, they're onto something. But as of right now, today, there's no arrest in the Delphi case either. So yeah, there's been some people that have been um, questioned and um, arrested for different things. And several of them have had real sketchy, you know, um, backgrounds, um, and something that would fit into a, uh, the profile of a person that would do something like this. But every time it's, it's ended up being in the police, you know, opinion that it wasn't, they weren't no longer a suspect or person of interest or however they worded. So, you know, and then I think there's, a, there's a late, there's the latest guy that they have, um, are wondering about is a guy by the name of Kevin Patrick Hockenberry. And his brother actually posted on Facebook and said, there's no need to look for the person any longer. It's my brother. I know he did it. Blah, blah, blah. He's actually in jail. I don't know what's happened since then, but just bizarre, you know? It, it just couldn't be more bizarre. Um, I just, it's just unbelievable to think that your child, I mean, my son is 12, my youngest child, and he and his friend frequently go to the creek and whatnot around here. And um, it's not as remote of an area as this is. I live in Frisco, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas. Um, we have a couple hundred thousand people here. But at the same time, they still wander off by themselves and find creeks and ponds. And it really makes me nervous because it's just this is the type of thing that can happen. And statistically low probability but still it happened here and there are psychos out there and pedophiles out there um that we have to be concerned about as parents it's hard to walk that line between making your child a complete shut-in and not allowing them to do anything versus keeping them safe from the crazy people you know pretty remarkable it's a very the hardest thing i think we do yes exactly i have to agree with you on that it's very very hard i um i have a stepdaughter and um uh, one time when she was about 16, cause she's older than, you know, our two kids. Um, she was about 16 and she wanted to go somewhere. And I, I told her, I said, you, you can't, you can't go. And she's like, but why? And I said, well, I don't know who this person is. I don't know him. And I said, scenario, um, you leave with him and you don't tell me that you're going and then you end up missing and I can't, you know, we can't find you. So we have to call the police. And they're like, well, what was she wearing? Oh, I don't know. She left while I was asleep. So I don't have a clue what she was wearing. I don't even know what time she left. And after mm-hmm. that, I got, they, I got made fun of all the time. Cause I said scenario, <laughs> but 
you know, that's the truth. I said, you can't just get up whenever you feel like it and just go hang out with somebody. I don't even know who you're with. So that's not acceptable. You know, there's bad people out there and we have to protect y'all from them. And that means you can't go anywhere after, you know, I say you can't. So, I mean, and I just, and I felt invincible as a teenager, all the worrying and warnings that I got from my parents. I was like, they're just, you know, overreacting, but I do. Yeah. But then we get to be parents and we realize that there was a reason. There was a reason that we why, were. Yes. Why the, all yeah. those rules in place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these poor girls and, you know, their family did nothing wrong. Surely a 13 and 14 year old girl. And you know what's it should be able to walk around and not be harmed. But you know what's really crazy about it is the buddy system, right? Mm-hmm. We always hear about the buddy system. Mm-hmm. And if you're with someone, the chances of being harmed go way down. But in this instance, and I, I, you know, in something that's just heartbreaking to think about, but it's very likely if there was just one perpetrator, we only know of one, mm-hmm. one on the video mm-hmm. um, and one that she Snapchatted, but it's very likely that one of these little girls saw her best friend get murdered before she got murdered. I know. I mean, I don't. I, I've thought the very same thing. girl, And it just makes me crazy just thinking about that. I just. Oh, mm-hmm. I do have a question for you though. Um, what, how do you think in your mind that they did this sketch? Because you can't really see the person's face. So how can I know. They, you know, I, I can tell like if you can see a picture and you just can't see it very well, that's one thing. But when the person's head is, I mean, his head's literally kind of down. You can barely, just barely see part of his face. You can't really see his eyes. You can't, I'm just curious how, they are able to do a sketch when you can't see a face. Yeah. I don't really understand that either. I think that potentially um, they have, they might have more footage of him than is being released Mm -hmm. more pictures of him on her phone that we're not aware of. There's been, I've read and heard some speculating on that on other podcasts about the Delphi murders. Not sure it, but if this is all they really have, then you're right. I don't see how they could get those facial features. Um, but you know, the sketch artists are pretty amazing people. They can take a, a really freaked out person's description of a perpetrator and make a pretty darn close sketch to what the person ends up looking like, you know? So I don't, I can't really explain it, but it's definitely, yeah, that's definitely a mystery. Cause yeah, when I look too, I'm not really seeing, um, a whole lot in that picture either. It literally looks like you can see his, um, you can see, I mean, you can kind of see the nose. You can't see eyes at all, like literally at all. And I can't even see his chin. I can't see that he has facial hair. It's just weird how they can make a, a picture of this person, you know, a sketch of this person. And you really can't see all that. I'm just, I was just curious what you thought about that. I thought that was weird. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know how they got that sketch. That would be an interesting question. I wonder if it's been asked, um, you know, if anyone's able from the media has ever been able to ask the police that question, because that's a really good question. Um, And then there's that one perpetrator or I say perpetrator. I'm sorry. I meant person of interest that looks almost exactly like this sketch. Have you seen those pictures? Yes, I have. Um, I don't. I was just like, wow. Well, if, if, and if he's not the perpetrator, what an unlucky guy he is, right? To look exactly like the police sketch. There is a um, couple of people that talk about it on the internet about how the sketch changed 
But even in the beginning, the very first sketch, there was several people that were brought in for questioning and they look very similar to the sketch. And they said, how can it be so many people look like this person, person in the, the, the sketch? That's what I mean to say. How can so many people look like the sketch? You know? <laughs> and I thought, that's right. true. And then they come in and do another one. And then they find another guy that looks like that sketch. That's kind of weird too. So. <laughs> I right. Know. I know it really is. And you know, there's been so many, that reminds me, you mentioning those coincidences. There's been so many coincidences in the Missy Beavers case. Think about all the people over the years that we've all discussed in the discussion groups. There are a handful of people that seem like they could be the perpetrator. And obviously we know it can only be one person. And then on top of that, it's probably not even one of these people, you know, so many times um, as crimes are being investigated and folding and it'll just sort of look like it's someone and then it won't be, it'll be someone no one's even heard of at the end. So. I know the, the uh, suspect pool should get smaller, not larger. And it just continues right. to grow in the case. And it just, that, it, it'll make you go crazy. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is supposed to be, you know, um, finding you're supposed to be able to say okay it's not this person it's not this person it's not this person but instead it's like it could be any of these 15 people you know it's like seriously it's just exactly but i guess you know like my aunt always told me you can't explain crazy so you know it's just bizarre things happen and you can't you know can't explain them because it's not something that you deal with on a daily basis so it really is and I, I would just love nothing more to see both of these cases get solved. And I, we've heard that there's so many people that follow the Missy Beavers cases said that, that this is their other case that they're passionate about and that they follow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, they're both just total mysteries. We have somebody on camera, can't figure out who they are. Uh, law enforcement seems to be struggling through this. Um is doing it very quietly. Um the Indiana State Police has been, their leader has been a lot more outspoken, but yet there's been no arrest in either one of these cases. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, there's a misconception that there was an arrest in the Missy Beavers case, but I wanted to kind of clear that up now. That that person um, seems to have been cleared in the Missy Beavers case, but he was actually arrested for a separate charge that, um there was some material, some questionable material found um, while they were executing the search warrant. And he was actually arrested for that. So, and I don't believe he was ever charged with that, that we can find. So that's really weird. But anyway, that was a separate charge. And um, I just have had several people tell me lately that they were aware of an arrest in the Missy Beavers case. And I just kind of want to make that clear that there has been no arrest for Missy Beavers murder. Um, so nothing on the, in the Delphi case either. And so we wait and we hope and we pray. Uh, you know, I, I, I know that we give, um, you know, we, and I say we, as in everybody, um, cause I feel like it's, it's across the board. People are frustrated with the police because no arrests have been made and they're frustrated with, you know, but can you imagine just being in their position, trying to figure out who did this with the information that they have? And finding different people that fit the profile of the person that could have done it. Um, you know, maybe somebody did something years ago. They had a sexual assault or, or um, different type of, of crimes that would fit the person that would have done this to these girls. 
and then they check them out and everything checks out. It, it wasn't them. And I mean, there's been so many in this case, in this particular Delphi case, uh, let's mm-hmm. see, one, two, three, four, like five different people. And then there was a, a prosecutor that, uh, I guess his, his, um, he looks similar to one of the sketches. And I mean, people just went crazy with that, which is really sad. I, I think that there was something questionable in his past or something that he had done and somebody figured it out. But, but still, if, you know, if he didn't do this, that, that really doesn't help matters. And I mean, they have a hard job, you know, they really do. I mean, and we they really we, do. We're frustrated because we want answers, but at the same time, I mean, it being on their side of the fence is, it's got to be difficult. Well, and we've also heard so many people um, that we trust and that are a lot closer to the case than we are say that um, MPD seems to have slowed down um, the investigation and that's frustrating. But I tell you what, if MPD would just give us an update, I mean, I'm not even asking for as many updates as Delphi does or as passionate as they have been. Maybe just anything that I think that we might stop being so frustrated with them and you're right i think i you know i just it's very bizarre that they won't update us there's not been a peep and that doesn't make any sense to me at all well and and, you know i guess i will have to say that i'm that i i say what i said i should just say that in this case the delphi case because they went through a lot of people and it's been very frustrating and these two young girls Mm -hmm. but and if you Compare it to the Missy Beavers case, and I'm I'm back to being frustrated. <laughs> because exactly, you hear a lot of updates on this case. I mean, and I haven't, you know, as you know, neither one of us really have. I mean, we we know about it, but we haven't really delved into it like we do the Missy Beavers case because it's really it's a lot of information. <laughs> it's a lot, and right there, there's a lot of information here. There's a lot of different people they they went through. There's a, you know they've done a lot of updates. They've done they've released more. Uh, I think they released more video and more audio on that because at first it was just a little tiny piece and then they released a little more and then they released a little more. At least they've got that. We've got nothing in the Mississippi case. We've got, this is what we're giving you. And then that's the end of it. And we're not going to do anything else, I guess, ever. I don't know. Uh, That's unbelievable. But yeah, Um, this this case is, um, is uh, crazy. And I, I just wish that, I don't know. And what about the guy that, um, hang on, let me see. I got to read where I was talking about. What about the guy that was uh, looked at? His name is Daniel Nations. He was allegedly threatening people with a hatchet on a hiking trail. He, he, he might mm-hmm. have been linked to another murder of a cyclist. And they said he looked like the sketch, but his wife actually said she didn't know if she could say it was him either way. She's like, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah that's pretty wild that's one of one of the the people that the police have been dealing with in this case i think that they had decided that it wasn't him but i mean can you get any crazier like this is just bizarre. i know <laughs> this it really is has this many people that you know what i'm saying i know it are being looked at for for this murder but yeah, the- it really makes you want. It makes you wonder if they know who did it, and they're just trying to get it enough together for the arrest and the trial, or if they're just have no idea. I wonder mm-hmm. that in the Missy Beavers case as well. And they have to follow up on the tips because they have to follow up on the tips, you know. Right. 
Well, hey, do we want to talk? Do we want to talk about the Missy Beavers case uh, billboard for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna. I was. I was gonna tell you that while we were on recording this podcast right now, a few minutes ago, um, I got a notification that we received another donation for the billboard. So I thought that might be a good time to bring it up. Yeah, so exciting. And I think what we should probably do on the next episode, um, with their permission, we should give them a shout out. If we don't get their permission, we should probably just use their first names. But the people who have donated, we should shout them out. Oh, absolutely. And tell, and tell them how much we appreciate it. So we'll we'll get that together for our next episode, yeah, which should be in a few days. I think I think we're probably going to try to average a couple episodes a week now. So it'll just be a few days or so before we have our next episode. So we'll definitely take some time at the beginning, the beginning of the show to shout out those people. Right, right. Um, and I had something I was going to say, and it really left my head that fast. <laughs> that's okay you know that you know that happens especially when it's late at night (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh trust me (laughs) you know i do (laughs) what are we talking about i don't remember (laughs) oh Oh, goodness there's too much clutter in our minds Um, today i I do want to tell you this i was i'm traveling i traveled from my area to um towards galveston and one of the cases that um, has been around since, well, I say it's been around. They have it's been trying. They've been working on it since the '70s, and it's the killing fields. It's the murders of all the women that were found in this field, um, kind of like an oil field uh, piece of land where they have oil fields. Anyway, this has been going on since the 70s, and they've been working on it, and they've decided to use billboards to, um, I guess, put a different case on every week or something to see if they can get some tips from from that case. Those cases, I shouldn't say that case, because there's many, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from the 70s, so that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that is. Yeah, so. Pretty, yeah, that's that's pretty fascinating. I think that I think they can be very um, helpful because it he, there's a lot of people that see those billboards that they they're passed by there many many times, and eventually they're gonna you know look at it and think you know what can I you know what can I contribute or do I know anybody do I know anything it gets people to talk and I think I think it's really helpful. Well, you know what what I learned just today is, and I'm sure people are thinking how did you miss that, but. There are quite a few billboards for the Delphi murder. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. And, and this is what's even crazier is I was thinking it was one billboard. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. This is insane. There are 6,000 billboards in 46 states pleading for information leading to the Delphi girls murders. Um, their murderer isn't that crazy there are six thousand billboards in the united states um i think most of them are those digital billboards that perhaps those electronic ones that change Mm -hmm. but in the united states in 46 of our states there are six thousand of them so i didn't know that until today um well you know it's pretty incredible it might have something to do with the reward. I was looking at the reward, and at first I thought that for the Delphi murders, I thought it was like a hundred thousand. It's mm-hmm. actually two hundred and sixteen thousand one hundred sixty-five dollars. Wow, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So, um, I'm, I mean, and, and what's really good about those digital ones is, I mean, that's a blessing in itself because, you know, it's not just, you know, on a regular billboard, obviously you just have one, one sign, but a digital well, one obviously can, can actually, you know, go across and show different ones. Well, and, on here's, something, and here's something I don't understand. The billboard includes an FBI logo on it. And um, has the information, has the phone number for the tip line for the police. And, you know, it says the FBI, I'm reading an article right now um, that says the FBI is using around 6,000 electronic billboards across 46 states asking for information on this case. So does the FBI have the budget for that, apparently? And here's another question. Why is the FBI so heavily involved in this case? It doesn't appear to be a federal crime unless I'm missing something. Um, They, you know, the perpetrator didn't cross state lines with these girls. Um, I'm really kind of confused at how involved the FBI is in this case. Is it because they just simply it's a small department and they need the help or what do you think about that i don't feel like the fbi is all that involved in the missy beavers case anymore i think that they hung around at the beginning and yeah. were helpful with a few things but i don't get the impression that there were in any danger of the fbi putting up billboards for missy beavers case i mean what do you think about that what do you think drove the fbi to get to this level of involvement you know the only thing that i can think of is because it was two young girls that's mm-hmm. the only thing that, that makes yeah. me, you know, wonder if that's Yeah, why. that's true. Um, because I, I can't think of any reason specifically either. Like you said, they didn't, because that was my first thought was uh, crossing state lines, but obviously they didn't because it, they were found not far from where they mm-hmm. were murdered. So that wasn't the case. So um, I don't know. Yeah. It's not Pretty hard. strange. Wow, I didn't realize that. I'm glad you found yeah. that out. Yeah, and on the electronic billboard there near the Indiana State Fairgrounds, it shows a picture of Libby German and a picture of Abby Adams and also a picture of the man that police say is their suspect, you know, the guy we've been talking about, bridge guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another uh, little um, similarity between the Missy Beavers case and the Delphi murders is that there's a nickname, um, you know, bridge guy seems to be more widely known than swat perp but there's you know swat perp seems to be what everyone's calling uh or swat guy seems to be what everyone calls missy beavers um perpetrator but of course the delphi case seems to have a little bit more public attention and definitely way more media attention than missy beavers case which i would like for that to change i would like to see missy beavers case getting the same kind of coverage nationally that you know, Abby and Libby's case is getting, that would be really good for the Missy Beavers case. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you. Um, I'm reading an article about the billboards and somebody is actually saying the same thing that you said. What'd they say? They're saying they don't understand why they, why the FBI got involved and why they're spending Ah, so much money on these billboards. Right, right. I mean, 6,000 electronic billboards in 46 states that had to cost some money. And it does say that the FBI is behind that. And it's got the FBI logo on each and every one of them. So that's just kind of, I don't know if that's, that seems unusual to me. Um, I don't know that though. I I mean, I wonder if it has anything to do with uh, pressure from uh, people in the community to solve the case. Cause we, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's pressure. Well, I say that I feel like 
there's a lot of people that want the Missy Beavers case, you know, obviously solved family, mm-hmm. friends, but I don't know that there's any pressure. That's the difference. Yeah, really you're right. There's any pressure there. I think that there might be some pressure to get this one solved. I, that's yeah. the only thing I can think of. So I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, we talked to people close to the case and one thing that I had heard someone say recently that's close to the case is um, they just they just don't know they just kind of feel like maybe the police and the very immediate family are aware of who did it and maybe that's not why you see the outcry from them Mm -hmm. that police has probably said hey we know who did it we're just having a booger of a time pinning this on them because there's not a whole lot of physical evidence that kind of thing because this this person that's you know was close to missy close to the case just said maybe that's just got to be it because there's no other explanation for kind of why like you're talking about that lack of sort of pressure and demanding just speculation of course i sure hope that that's the truth because that would you know that would make us all feel better of course they're not i know they're not going to come out and say hey by the way (laughs) you know we get that but it's still frustrating right sure you know the in the delphi case this is not anything important but i just thought it was neat the lowe's in lafayette donated a thousand orange light bulbs so the locals there could light up their porch lights in solidarity for the girls oh that's wonderful no i thought that was really sweet that's great yeah i like stories like that i mean you know it's just a little small glimmer of you know i guess togetherness and hope for justice right but anyway, I found that interesting. Um, uh, what else were we going to talk about? I think that was it. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much much stuff to talk about in the Delphi, but it's like, it's just crazy. I mean, yeah, we're definitely, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, we're definitely not experts. We're definitely not experts Mm -hmm. on that case. And uh, when we were preparing to do this episode, I was thinking to myself, there's going to be people listening to this that follow the Delphi case very closely that are probably screaming, you know, saying, (laughs) no, that's not right. And you left this out. Like how we feel when we listen to Missy Beaver's Mm -hmm. podcasts, you know, they don't cover it well, you know, as accurately as we would like. So anyway, we apologize. Um, This is definitely we're way outside talking about the Delphi murders but we did want to sort of compare and contrast the case with Missy's case and also express our condolences and our sincere hope that this case gets solved quickly yeah absolutely I just I mean my heart breaks for anybody that has to go through something that horrible and I just you know her um I guess it's Libby's uh sister Kelsey bless her heart yes she's so strong and she just does so much she I think it was her idea to do the um the uh, memorial park for the girls i don't know oh, that's great i don't know if that's been finished or not but they, they had a, a memorial park they were going to do and i think they're going to make an area where it's kind of like a i don't know what you would call it but like a well i guess a memorial for other people that you know crimes have happened to or lost loved ones or whatever in the area and then mm-hmm. other things for uh i don't know if, i've seen some pictures online and it looks really nice they have like a billboard up, oh. got the girls' pictures, and I just think that's really awesome. That really is. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we, we want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, Renee and I are celebrating our 25th episode tonight. So that's exciting. And um, we really appreciate you hanging in there with us and sticking with us here at True Crime Broads. And we will look forward to the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Good night. True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee.